0: Uh, Luke chapter number six. Luke chapter number six is where we're going to be at today. And we've been in a series that I've entitled Refocus. Our goal is to uh, get back to the real Jesus, the biblical Jesus, and who the Bible teaches that he is. We are going through the Gospels and we are looking at how he behaved, the things that he taught, the things that he did uh, while he was on this earth. Because really what we find is culture has twisted, has skewed the view of Jesus. Religion has done that. There's so many different things that has been heaped up on top of him. To honestly, uh, if you would talk to most people out on the streets today and ask them who Jesus is, you're going to get a multitude of different answers, a multitude of different views of who the real Jesus really is. And the only way for us to know the truth, the only way for us to see uh, who he is clearly is through uh, what the Bible says about him, uh, through what we see revealed through Scripture. And so that's been our goal. And we've just been kind of going through the Gospels from uh, from account to account. And seeing how he interacted with man, the things that he taught, what was important to him, so that we can take that, learn from it, and grow from it in our lives today. So that we can make sure that the Jesus that we're following is the Jesus of the Bible, not the Jesus of man's making. And so anyway, um, last week what we looked at was what could be considered the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher ever. I told Les whenever I was preparing or after I preached, I can't remember, I said it was, it's kind of a daunting task to try to preach from a message that Jesus preached. I mean, you, you can't really improve upon perfection. And uh, so I come to it very inadequate. But anyway, what we looked at last week was is Jesus had all of his disciples gathered around him. He called the 12 apostles to himself, and they were going to be his representatives. They were going to be the ones that would carry on the ministry, whatever he was going. And so he had to realign their way of thinking. He had to uh, reorient them with himself. And so as he preached the Sermon on the Mount, as he preached through and gave us the Beatitudes and these different things that are very familiar to us, he was telling them that the Christian life is upside-down living, that by the world's standards, by the world's perspective, that the Christian life doesn't make sense, that it takes everything that the world seeks after and kind of turns it on its head. The things that are important to the world are not necessarily important to God. The things that are important to God are not important to this world. And so he was challenging them to live an upside-down life by the world's standards. He said that they needed an upside-down attitude, the way that they uh, perceived this world around them, the way that they perceived their goals and their desires and what was important in life needed to shift, that the world seeks after uh, fame and after comfort, after acceptance, after riches and all these things. And Jesus says that's not what life's about. If you get those things, then so be it. But that's not what it's about. That's not our first priority. But we need to be seeking him first. That these things sometimes are a hindrance and things that keep us away from Jesus. You may gain the whole world, but if you lose your own soul, what is a profit? And so it, a lot of times riches will stand between us and God. Whenever we are trying to please the world and trying to please the men around us and be people pleasers, it's going to keep us from pleasing God. And so he Challenge them to reorient their attitude and how they looked at the things around them. Whenever they did that, it was going to uh, change their actions as well because the things that you believe and the perspective by which you look is going to determine the things that you do. You're going to have different actions whenever you are following Jesus, whenever you are putting Him first, whenever He is your priority, you're going to act differently. We saw that in Stephen this morning, how He acted much more differently than what even we ourselves as Christians would often act because of how he had reoriented himself with Jesus. And then the third thing that we looked at is that it's going to change our allegiance as well. We are not uh, loyal to this world, we're loyal to God. We are not following after this world, we're following after God. It doesn't matter our lot in life. It doesn't matter what happens to us. The world looks at it and says it doesn't make sense to us for you to follow God, even with the world and the condition that it's in. With the things that are going on in your life, with the circumstances you face, you're still following God. You still say that God's good even whenever this happens and that happens. And we say, yes, God's still good. Our allegiance is to him and not to this world because we know who he is. It's not founded. Our lives are not founded upon our circumstances. They're founded upon our Savior. Mm -hmm. And so today, as we are going to be continuing here, we come to the end of Jesus' message. uh, And at the end of his message, he issues a bit of a challenge. He brings them to the place of a decision. And anytime the word of God is preached, anytime that uh, uh, we hear the word of God, it calls us to make a decision. What are we going to do with what we've heard? And so as they've heard these great truths, what were they going to do with them? Would they allow them to go in one ear and out the other? Were they going to go on their way and forget about them? What would they do with what they heard? And so, hopefully, you've been at that uh, point many times. You've heard the word of God, you've heard great truths, and you are required to make a decision. What am I going to do with this? How, how's this going to affect me? And hopefully, every time you come to church and you're hearing the word of God, Every time that you come to your Bible in your daily reading, you are challenged, what am I going to do with this? And a lot of times it's easy just to overlook it. A lot of times it's easy just to let it fall by the wayside, right? And so we need to be challenged that after we have heard the word, after it's been taught and preached, that we apply it to our lives, that we do something with what God has given us. And so let's look in Luke chapter number 6. Uh, verse 47 is where we're at. It says, whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come to you again today just uh, just asking and begging for your blessings upon this service. We ask you, Lord, that you would just meet with us here, that you would guide and direct me in my thoughts and in my words. Help me, Lord, to say the things uh, that are necessary. And Lord, that you would have me to. And Lord, I just pray that you would keep back any hindrances or distractions. And I pray, Lord, that you would just be with your people here, that you would work in their hearts, that you would challenge them, that you would provoke them to uh, to make a decision, Lord, to apply your word, to follow your word, to seek after you, Lord. And Lord, we just ask you to be with those who aren't able to be with us, be with the needs amongst the folks here. And thank you so much for all that you do. And all these things we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So as Jesus brings his message to a close, he drives home the point through a simple parable. He says there were two men, two builders, two houses, right? And as they were building, there were two foundations which they built upon. And it says that the the one who dug down deep and built his house upon the rock was like someone who would hear the things that he said and would obey them. But he says for the other man, he just took off building his house. He didn't take the time. He didn't put forth the effort. He just built it directly on top of the ground, directly on top of the dirt, and just started building what he had there, and as a result, he had no depth, he had no stability, and whenever the storm came, his house fell down flat. It was ruined, but the one who took the time and built upon the rock, his house stood, and so our challenge for us is what are we going to do with the Word of God? What are we building up on? And so those who... Uh, Here and don't do it, we have a pretty good warning just on the, the beginning of this, that they are headed for ruin, right? And so as we look at this here, the storms are going to come, it's going to test our foundation, it's going to expose what we've been building upon, but we have a choice that we must make, whether we're going to build our lives upon the rock of God's word, or whether we're going to just go ahead and lay it flat on the ground on this Uh, sinking sand, the shifting sand that is before us. And so we know that this house represents our lives. We know all of us would agree that we want our house to stand firm. We want our lives to go through the storms, to go through all the different things that come against us. We want to be able to come out on the other side standing, right? We don't want to fall into ruin and the thing that makes a difference whether our life falls apart or whether it stands is whether or not it's built on the rock. The rock is what makes a difference. And so what are we building on? And the first thing that I want to bring out of this passage is the rock's priority. The rock's priority. Uh, we have to see something as being important. That's what a priority is, right? We come back to this word oftentimes as we're teaching and preaching. We come back to this word priority because in our lives, what we hold important is going to make a huge impact on our future. It's going to make a huge impact on how we live. It's going to make a huge impact on how our lives turn out. And we look at our lives and what you spend your time and your efforts and your money and all these different things on. Those are the things that you deem important. Those are the things that you prioritize. But we see here that the rock must be prioritized. We must See it as being important. In this parable that Jesus brings forth here, this man who built on the rock could have done just like the other guy. He could have just built it right on top of the ground, couldn't he? But instead, he got his tools out. He started digging back the dirt. He started burying the ground. He started uh, this excavation process here to get down to the rock to make sure that he had a sure foundation on which to build on Why would he put forth all that effort? Why would he do all of that work? Because it was important. It was a priority. It was the first thing that he was going to do. It was essential. Those things aren't going to be clearly seen. They're not going to be visible to the people around him, right? You ever go to a house and the first thing that you admire is the foundation? You ever look at a house and say, Boy, I bet the the builder really spent a lot of time digging down and, and building a good foundation, right? no one cares about the foundation until the storm comes. No one pays attention to the foundation until there's a problem. But this builder was smart enough that he knew the storms are going to come. And he said, it is important that I put my foundation deep down on the rock. It's important that I prioritize and make this the first thing that I do, make this the most important thing that I do. Whether anyone realizes it, whether anyone ever pays any attention to it, whether all my efforts are ever even seen, I want to make sure that I dig down and I build on the rock. Building on the rock doesn't happen accidentally, right? It takes intention. We have to do it on purpose, right? We don't just come to the, a builder doesn't just come to the job site and just take off buildings and say, oh, I lucked out and we were on rock. But instead he's going to be surveying it out. He's going to be finding out. He's going to be determining how far he has to, he's going to make sure that he digs down and he puts on the rock. And so if we prioritize it, we are going to be intentional about it. We are going to uh, put forth time. We're going to put forth effort into digging down to the rock. And now I don't want this to be lost on, the parable. I don't want us to get lost on the illustration here, but we know clearly the rock is God's word. This is our rock, and our lives don't get built on this by accident. It has to be prioritized. It takes time and intention to build on the rock. It takes time for us to sit down and to read and to study. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, the workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It takes time. It takes effort for us. We have to prioritize building on the rock. We take the word of God. We study it out. We mine its truths. We dig forth out, out those those rocks that we can put our life on that we can found our life on. We study its principles. We make it a priority. It has to be first and foremost because we need to we need to make decisions and pattern our lives by the principles that are found in this book, and you're not going to know the principles unless you are digging for them. You're not going to know what God's Word says unless you are reading God's Word. You're not going to understand it unless you're studying it. You need to make sure that it is a priority. Uh, From the very beginning with this church, we have made the Word of God a priority. Every service that you come here, we are going to make the Bible the focus because it is what we're building our lives on. This is what we need to see as being important. It needs to be our focus in all that we do because it is the only way to weather the storm. It is the only foundation which we can build on. It needs to be our priority. But you can't rely on your life going right. You can't rely on building correctly just based on what you hear when you come here. Okay, You need to be digging in your own time. You need to be spending that prioritizing your time and your efforts to be into the word, not just what I give you, but also feeding yourselves and digging for yourselves in the word of God. So the rock must be prioritized. We're not going to default to these principles. We're not going to stumble across them. We're not going to uh, do it by nature because our nature is contrary to. To the principles of God's word, the Bible says there is a way that seemeth right in demand, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The way that we default to our our normal priorities, our normal way of action and doing things, is going to lead us against this principle, right? Against this word. And so you look at the the foolish man who built, built his house directly on the dirt. Didn't take any time. Didn't take any effort. It was easy, right? He just went directly to the part that you could see coming together. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this isn't weird, but whenever I'm building things, whenever I'm making things, I like the things that you can see progress quickly. I don't like the little small tedious things. I don't like the little things that I want to be able to see progress. I want to see things coming together. I like whenever you're putting like uh, uh, sheeting up and stuff because it's like, okay, I can see things happening. But whenever you're doing like the small trim and things, uh, you all know I hate painting, right? But whenever I am painting, you know the part that I hate? The little trim with the brushes. I like the rollers. You know, you're just taking it like, hey, I'm covering a lot of ground. that That's great, right? Doesn't take a lot of preparation, doesn't take a lot of effort, but you see things getting done. The reason I say all of that is in this idea of us building our lives, that quiet time with God's Word is something that's easily overlooked. No one knows you're doing that, or they shouldn't, unless you're bragging to them about it, and then you're probably you need to read it some more. But anyway, it's all of these things that doesn't seem important to this world. It's the things that doesn't seem to matter, but it is what makes all of the difference in the world. Are you following me? It makes all the difference in the world. And so it's these things that we will neglect, that we will overlook, that we think that we can just go ahead and just start with the world's philosophy, start with the world's way of doing things, go about things with our own knowledge, our own wisdom, our own abilities, follow our heart, follow our desires, build upon all of these other things. But the Bible tells us those things are shifting sand, that they are unstable, they are things that we cannot depend on, and that they are constantly in flux, they are constantly changing. But instead, we need to go and spend the effort digging down into something solid, something that we can depend upon. We know that God has prioritized his word. It says in Psalm 138, verse number two, that he has magnified his word above his name. So for those who minimize God's word, those who see his word is not important. God says, I'm going to magnify my word above my name. He holds it as being important. So as I said, it doesn't take effort to build right on top of the ground. Digging down is not glamorous. No one pays attention to it. You can go with the flow. You can follow all these other philosophies and fads and things of the day. But at the end, it's going to bring destruction. In the end, only building on the rock is going to weather the storm. The second thing that we see about the rock, not just its priority, we see its properties. What is it about the rock that makes it so important? What is it that makes it so important that builders would dig down, that they would spend the money, they would spend the effort, they would spend the time to dig down and make sure that they had their house setting on the rock. What is it about that rock that makes it so important? It sets it apart from clay. It sets it apart from the shifting sand. What it is, what it, how it behaves, what it's made out of makes a difference with rock, doesn't it? But as Kev was saying there, Rock is firm. It is secure. It is steadfast. It is unmovable. Uh, Steady and strong. It's weathered many storms. Right. You know I've been to the beach before. I think everybody has been, and I'm not. I'm not much of a beach bum, but I'd go out and I'd set a chair on the beach, let the water come up, lapping around my feet. And you know what happens if I, if I do that, set the chair out there where the water's coming up, what ends up happening? <laughs> you start sinking down. All of a sudden, your knees get higher and higher and higher. I'm not growing any taller. My chair is growing smaller. It's sinking down in the sand, right? Sand is not a good foundation. It's not going to be something that's going to be steady. It's not going to be firm. But that rock can sit there for thousands of years and not move and not budge. Sand is constantly moving and constantly shifting And so we need something to build our life on that is steady, that is constant, that is unmoving, that is unchanging. Has anyone noticed that the things of this world is constantly changing? Man's opinions are changing daily. Uh, There are people who say, I follow the science. You've heard that, right? Mm -hmm. You realize the science textbooks that were written two years ago already need updated? Mm -hmm. Things are constantly changing. You follow the fads and the, the philosophies of the day. And your head will spin because the things that were acceptable last week are now out. The things that were once a virtue are now a vice. The things that they called good are now evil, right? I I was watching a podcast there the other day and a guy was trying to be woke. And I'm not going to bring in politics and everything. A guy was trying to be woke and he was trying to keep up with the whole LGBTQ thing. And so he he was going through all the different letters, and someone got offended because he missed a few of them. He didn't get the memo, they'd added a few onto the end of it. And it's like an ever-increasing uh, perversion alphabet that they've got going on. Because he was doing his best to go by their philosophies. He was doing his best to appease them and to placate them and to say all of their pronouns and to say all of their letters and include all these different guys. And they said, wait, we've added to this ones that you don't know about, and we are mad because you didn't include them. You can't play the world's game and win because it is constantly changing. They shift the rules. They ch- have you. I remember back whenever I was growing up, whenever we would play a game, the guy who was losing would constantly try to change the rules to make him win. Y'all ever do that? This one didn't. He said he always did what was right. But... <laughs> But I I was was a bit of a sore loser. I was the chubby kid. I was the younger brother. And so I wanted to change the rules to favor me in some way. That's what the world is doing today. And they're constantly changing the rules. They're constantly shifting things around. They are constantly moving the goalposts, as the saying goes. And you can't build your life upon that. Whenever they think they've got things figured out, then they change it again. And it is ever-moving. It is ever-moving. Always changing, and there is no stability. But there is stability in the rock. See, the Word of God doesn't change because the God of the Word doesn't change. He says, I am the same yesterday and today and forever, that He changes not. This Word wasn't written by men, it wasn't written by men's opinions and men's philosophies it was straight from the heart and the mind of God. It is a revelation of his truth. It is a revelation of the way that he created and designed and made this world, how it is supposed to operate and how we are to interact with it. And so this comes from someone who is perfect, who is all knowing, who is unchanging. And as a result, there's not going to be any updates. There's not going to be any new information that is revealed to God where he says, wait, I was wrong in my word. I need to change that because he knew from the beginning there can be plenty of times that mankind says, wait, we found errors in the word of God. We found inaccuracies. And then guess what? You wait a few years, sometimes a few centuries, and mankind catches up to the word of God and they realize that the word of God was right all along and that mankind was wrong. So, we're finding the properties of the Word of God, the properties of this rock that make it so stable, that make it so secure, that make it so valuable that we can dig down deep and found our lives on this book. There is nothing greater that we can do with our lives, nothing more important that we can do with our lives than making sure that our lives are aligned with the truths and the principles. Of God's Word because they are steadfast, they are sure, and they are unmovable. We don't have to worry about God changing his mind. We don't have to worry about a new edition coming down the line sometime. We don't have to worry about God saying, wait, I, I think we need to do it a different way because this isn't working. But instead, we can found our lives on God's Word because it will never change. It is reliable. It is dependable. It is solid. It is secure. And it is not going anywhere. His word has been around since before we came. It'll be around long after we are gone. The rock endures. There's been plenty of storms that's been levied against it throughout time. There have been plenty of people who've tried to, uh, to do away with it, tried to defeat it. You don't win against it. The rock is always going to be there. It is never going away. Bible says, forever, O Lord, is thy word settled in heaven. It's not going anywhere. And so man is never going to find a better way. God is never going to change his mind. The rock still stands. Our third and final thought here, whenever we're looking at the rock, keeping it short and simple today. Okay. Third and final is its performance. It's performance. Whenever you're considering what you're going to build your life upon, you're going to want something that is tried and proven. You're going to want something that has results, right? Someone comes to you and they want you to follow after them. They want you to live by their philosophies and by their principles and all these things. Say, I want some evidence. I want some proof. I want something that tells me that the way that you're leading me is going to end well. The only way you're going to be able to find that is if you build your life on this, right? It has a track record. It is dependable. It is tried. It is proven, time and time again. We look in Sunday school at the prophet Steve, or not the prophet, the the uh, first martyr Stephen. And Stephen, we find that he was building his life upon the Word of God. He was expounding it pretty good to the to the religious leaders, wasn't he? And he says, I am trusting the word of God. I'm building on the word of God. And whenever the storm came, he was able to stand, wasn't he? His life didn't come crumbling down. It didn't come crashing down. And he took it all the way to his death, didn't he? And we know that the word of God says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so Stephen said, I have stood on his word. I have went through the storm and I came out the other side and my life didn't crumble. I didn't fall into ruin. The rock held me through it all. And so it had been proven time and time again, the rock has never failed. It has always had a perfect record. There's never been a storm that has overcome a house that was founded upon the rock of God's word. We can find countless others in scripture, in addition to to Stephen, that could testify. We can find many people down throughout history that can say, I have tried his word and he is faithful. I have built my life upon the rock and it has held me firm. And I can testify for a fact. I have failed him many times. I've failed to live by his principles. But any time that I have built my life, any decision that I have made, any time that I have based my direction upon God's word, it has stood. It has been firm. And so for us as Christians, if we want our lives to stand, if we want our marriages to work, if we want to know how to raise a family, if we want to know how to build a business, if we want to know how to be an employee, if we want to be successful in our studies, if we want to be successful in our finances, if we want to be successful in any area of our life, you know what we need to do? We need to come back to the rock. We need to make sure that we are building our lives upon these principles. We need to make sure that we are drilling down and we are prioritizing and we are saying, if God's word says it, I can count on it. If God's word says it, it is true and it's accurate. If God's word says it, it supersedes any idea that this world is putting forth. It supersedes any idea that mankind comes up with and it is something that I can depend upon because it comes from God, not from man. It's something that he has given us to guide us, to direct us, for us to be steadfast and secure one, so that whenever the storms come and they beat against us, that we will come out the other side, and we will not suffer ruin. We will not suffer destruction, because his principles, his word, stands. So we search the scriptures, we learn its principles, we put them into practice, we live by them because they are sure, they are steadfast, they are proven. We make it a priority to dig down and lay hold of them to mine out the riches of God's word. All along as we're building up our life, we just keep mining down to the rock, we keep digging out to the rock. Every time we're laying out our foundation, every time we're making decisions, we are looking to the rock. And I'll tell you, there's one final storm that we will all face. The final storm that we'll face is death. And the only way that we will survive that storm is if we are founded on the rock. The world has all kinds of philosophies, has all kinds of things that it pur- purports to be truth. People have all different ideas about God and about salvation. But if you are finding what you're depending upon anywhere besides this book, if you are basing your life on the teachings of a church or a man, if you are teaching it upon the or basing it upon the philosophies of men, your life will crumble. And at death, you fall into ruin. But if you take God's word, where Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me," that's solid. That's sturdy. That'll get you through the storm. If you take God's word where it says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, you can take that to the bank. It doesn't matter what mankind says about it. It doesn't matter how good you think that you are. You're still a sinner. The wages of sin is still death. The gift of God is still eternal life through Jesus Christ. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those are solid. Those are dependable. That is the rock of God's word. And that will get you all the way to heaven. You think your good works are going to be enough? It's sinking sand. You think religion, church membership, all these different things are going to get you there? It's sinking sand. You think you can follow the the world's principles and get you to heaven? It's not going to happen. The only way that you're going to get to heaven is God's way. The only place you're going to find that is in God's Word. And after you find that, you can build your life on God's Word. Prioritize it because it is steadfast, it is sturdy, it is unmovable, you can depend upon it, it is it is tested, it is tried, it is proven, it has never failed anyone who's put it to the test. Build your life from God's Word. Let's go Lord and pray. Lord, we come to you today. Thank you for your blessings, and we do thank you for the, the time that you've given us here. Lord, we do thank you for your Word, that we can hold it in our hands, we can hold it on our laps, we can study it, we can read it, we can mine its truths, I thank you, Lord, for the day which we live in that it's so easily accessed. There's been many generations who haven't had it or haven't had easy access to it. There are people who have died for this book, and we praise you for each and every one of them. And, Lord, we just ask you, help us not to take it for granted. Help us, Lord, to prioritize it. Help us, Lord, to see it for what it is, Lord, for the foundation to build our lives upon, the truth of your word and the strength of it. Lord, help us, Lord, to look to it in everything that we do in our lives, and Lord, just work in our lives. Thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name I pray, and amen.